My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Sharzad Mojab. Here's the bare bones of the history. In 1953, a democratic government in Iran was overthrown in a coup orchestrated by the U.S. and the U.K. The dictatorial regime that followed, led by Shah Mohammad Reza Pahlavi, was in turn overthrown by a popular revolution in 1979. The 1979 revolution was conducted by a range of different forces, a number of different formations that defined their politics via Islam, and a number that understood themselves as secular, including liberal nationalist, socialist, and communist. In the aftermath of the revolution, a subset of the Islamist forces seized control of the state. According to the analysis of today's guest, this served as the, quote, defeat of this revolution, end quote. As part of seizing power and consolidating the regime that continues to rule the country to this day, some participants in both secular and other Islamist forces that participated in the revolution were imprisoned. And at various points in the 1980s, particularly in 1981 and 1988, large numbers of these political prisoners were executed. Sharzad Mojab is a professor in the Department of Leadership, Higher and Adult Education at the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education, which is part of the University of Toronto. She's also involved in U of T's Women and Gender Studies Institute, of which she is a former director, and she's the current director of Equity Studies at U of T's new college. Her wide-ranging scholarly and activist work over the years has focused on the Middle East and the Arab world, particularly the experiences of women, the struggles of the Kurdish people, and the institutions of the prison and the university. On today's show, Mojab will be talking about a book called Lives Lost in Search of a New Tomorrow. She was involved in the process that led to the book, and she wrote the foreword to it. The body of the book is a work by Iranian poet Saeed Youssef, which has been translated by Ahad Bahadori and is accompanied by beautiful illustrations by Ava Raha. And the book was published by Trace Press, a new not-for-profit publisher based in Toronto. Youssef's poem is a commemoration of the massacre of political prisoners in Iran in the 1980s. Mojab described herself as stunned and haunted by the poem when she first read it. It's a remarkable distillation of a complex story of state violence and resistance into a powerful aesthetic representation that serves as a form of grassroots popular remembering. Though it is well known in Persian, she knew she wanted to do what she could to broaden its reach, and this volume that includes both the original and an English translation is one result. Mojab characterizes the importance of doing this grassroots remembering in Canada in 2020 of state violence that happened in Iran in the 1980s in a number of ways. In part, it's out of a sense that past popular struggles and repression deserve to be remembered for their own sake, given their profound impact on so many communities and lives. In part, it's to build awareness of the many political prisoners in Iran today. She argues that Western imperialism and military intervention have made a number of states in the region more authoritarian and repressive in recent years. 
But to a great extent, it's about building shared awareness and solidarity across movements around the world. Recognizing that colonialism, capitalism, imperialism, and state violence take many different forms in different places, and seeing the potential to build solidarity among those seeking justice and collective liberation in the Middle East, and, say, the black freedom struggle, indigenous movements, and other movements in North America. I speak with Mojab about her work, about Iranian history, about the importance of grassroots remembering, and about lives lost in search of a new tomorrow by Saeed Youssef. I'm Sharsad Mojab, professor at the Department of Adult Education, Community Development at OISE, University of Toronto, also faculty member in Women and Gender Studies at U of T. And I'm currently the director of Equity Studies Program at New College, again at the University of Toronto. I consider myself an academic activist, a scholar, which means that a lot of my scholarship is deeply related to social justice-related issues and activism around the region of the world that I'm a keen observer, and that is the Middle East, because I'm originally from Iran, and living in what I call perpetual exile in Canada because of my political position that I had to leave my country. I have been involved in several struggles, and I've tried to pull these struggles that are happening in the real world into academia and into my research. One is overall the long history of the struggle of women in the Middle East and the Arab world for their freedom and ideas of justice. And then also demanding to have a democratic state, to have the rights to education, public health, employment, safety, freedom of speech, and much more. The other struggle that I've been part of and feel fully politically and intellectually attached to it is the struggle of Kurdish women, a national minority in the region and one of the largest national minority in the world without their own homeland. And the other area, I mean, I always feel that there are two institutions that constitute the core of my research. One is the university or higher education in the Middle East, and then the other one is prison. And ironically, these two institutions are very interrelated because both of them remain under the domination and the hegemony of the state. So these are also areas that I closely observe, write about, participate in the movements of any kind of mobilization to speak out for academic freedom and the rights of students to freedom of speech and freedom of organizing. So these two institutions for me are very important. And speaking theoretically about it, it takes me to the understanding of the state in the region. Most of these states, as a result of the Western interventions led by U.S. imperialism in the region, are becoming more and more authoritarian and taking the militarized dictatorial shape, which means more suffering for the people and more suppression of freedom and justice and democracy. So these are the areas that constitute my work. 
both scholarly and activists. The book that we are covering today is called Lives Lost in Search of a New Tomorrow. It's a translation of a powerful or what I call an epic poem by Saeed Yusuf, a very well-known, renowned, much-respected political poet in Iran. And this poem, the reason that I call it epic is that one very long poem covering an event in the political landscape of Iran called Massacre of Political Prisoners in the 1980s. This poem is a story of the pain, suffering, resistance, and dreams of the political prisoners, men and women. And it's a sort of aesthetic representation of a very complex story of state violence, but also the way that prisoners consciously resisted and also talked about their suffering, and not only for themselves, but also their loved ones and their dreams of the hope for the future of Iran. So this book is a translation of this poem, but also the poem has been illustrated in order to add to the artistic aesthetic value of this poem. But most importantly, because it's difficult in terms of the content, the suffering of the people and the violence of the state that we are witnessing in this book, it's illustrated and powerfully and beautifully illustrated in order to give the reader a little bit of a pause to think through and imagine and look at these beautiful lines in the poem in order to help us in imagining all the goods and evils being spoken to in this beautiful poem. Before we talk more about the book itself, lay out some of the broader history that listeners will need to know to appreciate the significance of the book. With the coming into power of the Islamic regime, post-1979 democratic revolution in Iran, which I always consider the coming into power of the Islamic regime is actually the defeat of this revolution. This new group who took the power they had to stabilize their power by eliminating all other forces that participated in the dismantling of the previous regime, the Pahlavi regime. These forces, they were secularist, nationalist, socialist, communist forces. And in order to do that, they resorted to violence. Within a year or so after coming into power, they started suppressing women. The other group that they suppressed violently were students and academics, and then national minorities, the Kurds, and also all other dissidents, journalists, writers, artists, you know, all those groups. And part of the suppression was arrest, imprisonment, and mass execution. Between 1980 to 1987, they massacred thousands and thousands of men and women. The only crime that they had was belonging to any kind of a different group, secularist or radical, even Muslim groups and socialists and communists. 
they had what is known as a summary execution of these people. This has been a very important political event in the history of the struggle for freedom and justice in Iran. Every year it has been commemorated in diaspora. Any kind of discussion or commemoration of this event in Iran is absolutely forbidden. And, and therefore, the literature related to memories and memoirs of prison experience in Persian is a diaspora literature. That's why I am committed to compiling of this literature and also, you know, have created a website as a repository of this type of archival work, especially in English, in order to make it widely available to readers, in order for readers to understand and to be able to read about this very important resistance movement in Iran. Tell me more about Saeed Youssef, who wrote the poem, and about this book and the process leading to it. Saeed is very well known because of being known as the left poet and being among the poets in Iran that is known for his resistance poems. And it is also a work that is directly confronting the state. The process was, I read this poem decades ago, and when I read it, I was really stunned by its very intense force in a way that it hunted me for a decade. It was always in my mind. I knew Saeed Yusuf personally, and I always thought that we need to make these words and this powerful poem available widely because it was only limited to Persian readers. I thought that translating it would be a very monumental task. Said Yusuf is a scholar of Persian literature, and with him and a group of other keen readers of Iranian poetry, we started working on the translation. And then I was very lucky to meet Nushat Abbas that was also thinking about starting a new publishing project that is focusing on translation. When I read this poem and talked to many different artists, it captured the imagination of the artist Avaraha that illustrated this poetry. When I read the poem to Ava, she actually reacted the same way as I did to the poem. Both of us used the concept of being haunted by this. And therefore, she started the illustration, which is painfully beautiful. Maybe now you could read a short passage from the poem. I read it in Persian and then in English. این ساعت را به دست مامان بدهید این ده تومان به دست مژگان بدهید شلوار لیم را به علی گرزنده است لبخند مرا به خلق ایران بدهید This watch handed to my mom This ten tuman note hand to مژگان Give these jeans to Ali if he is still alive bestow my smile upon the people of Iran. 
یک مادر زیبای جوان میمیرد چون طفلش آمد به جهان میمیرد از پستان جوی شیرین بر سینه روان و از قلبش جوی خون روان میمیرد وقتی که وصیتش به اقوام رسید دیدند نوشته که مرا میبخشید از بابت این طفل که سربار شماست نام پسرم را بگذارید امید A mother young and beautiful dies once her child enters the world she dies as milk streams from her breasts blood streams from her heart she dies when her family receives her will and last testament they read written there will you forgive me for placing the burden of this child on you name my son with hope omid thank you so why was it important to translate this poem and why is it important to read it in canada in 2020 and to remember these events that happened in iran in the 1980s you know as we are doing this interview in the last few days three young men who participated in the November 2019 uprising again in Iran after the government increased the fuel prices by almost 300% under the extreme condition of poverty so these three young men all in their 20s they were sentenced to execution two of them actually fled Iran and went to Turkey and sought asylum with the United Nations or UNHCR in Turkey but Turkey deported them back to Iran so they were arrested and they were sentenced to death a hashtag was created which called the stop the execution edam nakunid which was circulated close to 10 million times and became on the top chart of the hashtag circulation So as we are speaking, there are thousands of other students and, and women and journalists, human rights activists, environmental activists that are languishing in prisons in Iran. And it is very important for us to understand that when I use the concept of political prisoners, it means that people are unjustly imprisoned and incarcerated because they are confronting the state directly. These are not petty crimes. These are not any other crimes. Their crime is that they are demanding justice and they are confronting the state for that. So I think that some of them, and including a very high-profile human rights activist right now in Iran, is also suffering of contracting the coronavirus. And this is the condition of imprisonment in Iran. And again, it is not only in Iran that it is happening. There are thousands of Kurdish political prisoners in Turkey and prisons in Egypt of women, human rights activists, and social justice seekers are packed with these type of beautiful young men and women. It is very important at this time in Canada as we are talking about stopping the incarceration of activists um you know murdering and missing of indigenous women and girls anti-black racism and 
stopping the police violence against marginalized populations. It is important to build international solidarity. It is important to connect all these injustices happening around the world. And I think that Black Lives Matter, for example, is inspiring a lot of these movements. In fact, a very well-known cartoonist from Iran, Manani Estani, created a series of 27 or 28 images of the murdering of George Floyd with the knee on top of the heads and necks of a lot of Iranian activists that they have been murdered. So this is the inspiration of the resistance movement that it is connecting us at this very, very difficult time. And I think that it is important for me to speak about it in this way in in Canada today in order to see that, you know, the rest of the world has been inspired by these movements that actually take us to the injustice roots of colonialism, capitalist imperialism of our time. And this is the way to build the solidarity, the way that these brutal relations function in different parts of the world. It's important for us to connect them and build international solidarity in that manner. One way to think about the work that this book is doing is as a sort of grassroots remembering of past events, past struggles. Why is that sort of grassroots collective remembering so important? It is very important, and again, it is the way that it is this grassroots resistance movement that is happening right now in Canada, the way that mobilizing people from grassroots and organizing communities of resistance and communities of knowing, knowing of the history, knowing of the past and relating the past to the current moment in order to build a better future. And I think that creating a community that it is knowledgeable and is moving and organizing and then mobilizing based on historical understanding and historical knowledge is very important for a radical possibility for the future. And this work that I am doing, it is not possible to build this work and build this knowledge by relying on only books and libraries. It has to travel to the community, the community of survivors and also the community of those who are taking the risk in order to stand in solidarity with those who survived. This is exemplary way of mobilizing and organizing the community because that is the only way that we can create this community of resistance and community that is resisting on the basis of deep historical understanding and also deep understanding of our current situation and, you know, all the political, economic difficulties of our time. Talk a bit more about the power of using art and poetry to do this work. Overcoming certain barriers in terms of communicating atrocities, emotions, modes of thinking around resistance is very important because texts 
and words are important, but they have their own limitations. I think that artistic expression, especially with focus on creating the community of knowledge and resistance, is a very important way of communicating that depth of emotions and that depth of thoughts that sometimes words are not capable of fully capturing it and representing it to us. The other barrier that it will overcome is the circulation of the ideas. Circulation of the ideas in terms of, for example, a dance performance where many different kind of people might participate in terms of watching it, connecting to the idea that is being presented through the dance. Or a short animation in three minutes will tell you that a 500-page book may not be able to sort of grasp that depth of the emotion that it can evoke. And poetry is the same thing. I really think that this poem by Said Yusuf is telling us the story of a long, torturous decade and also powerfully represents the experiences of men and women, thousands of them, in one poem. So we don't need to read many, many, many books in order to understand all the nuances, all the intricate way of a prisoner thinking and experience. All of it in few pages and few lines are presented to us. So it's a powerful representation of massive experience and it's beautifully depicted. For me, these are the power of art, including poetry. And also, there are now novels and fictions that are coming out representing the same experience. That it is extremely powerfully represented, although it is novel or it is, you know, written as a fiction, but it has so many elements of the reality that it clearly tells me, at least, that the author has had to have that depth of knowledge of an experience in order to be able to fictionalize it and making it more widely available to a range of readers that may not be interested in an analytical, theoretical piece on the experience of prison, but might like to read a fiction or a novel around it, which I think that it is also very important. You have been listening to my interview with Sharzad Mojab about Lives Lost in Search of a New Tomorrow. Mojab wrote the foreword for the book, and the poem itself was written by Saeed Youssef. It was translated by Ahad Bahadori, illustrated by Ava Raha, and published by Trace Press. To learn more about the book, search for it on tracepress.org. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Oh,